Just a quick message before the episode gets underway. The Aurora Renewables Summit London is returning on the afternoon of Wednesday the 26th of June. Book your ticket now to hear from leading experts in the energy industry as they assess the opportunities and challenges within the UK and the wider European renewable sector. You will also benefit from unparalleled networking opportunities. We look forward to seeing you there. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name's John Feddersen. I'm Chief Executive uh, and Co-Founder of Aurora. Welcome to our third Battery Storage and Flexibility Conference. Hello and welcome to this special podcast from Aurora Energy Research. It was recorded at the Aurora Battery Storage and Flexibility Conference, an event that has become a highlight on the energy calendar. Over 500 people were there to hear from speakers such as Sir Edward Davey, the former Secretary of State for Energy and Climate Change, plus various other experts. So if you were amongst the crowd, please use this podcast as a kind of aid memoir, if you like, something to help recap the issues of the day. And if you're one of those who couldn't get a ticket, I suppose this is the next best thing. John Feddersen, Aurora's CEO, kicked things off and I started by asking him why an event like this is needed. There are a lot of moving parts. Technology's moving quickly, policies catching up and there's quite a lot of movement. Um, business uh, strategy and organisation are changing. We had a number of large organisations who are adapting their organisational design to take advantage of the opportunities in this space. And I think that level of complexity makes it really important for people to get together in the same place. Uh, and that's, that's what we're doing here today. That's, that's our contribution. I think there's another part of this uh, which Aurora brings, which is around the quantification of the risks of the rewards. And there's something very helpful in a complex space about someone having the courage to put some numbers on paper, uh, welcoming the challenge, but at least so that we're not talking at cross purposes, we can talk about where there is value, where there's usefulness. I'm really excited about the lineup of panels, Aurora content, uh, and speakers that we have. It's worth pointing out, I think, that this, the, our approach to events, uh, and, and this event, perhaps more than others, really mirrors Aurora's ethos as an organisation. The intention isn't just to be informative. The intention is to be provocative. And we've encouraged our speakers... Now, in your opening remarks, you asked uh, people to, I guess, challenge consensus, to be provocative. Is there anything along those lines that stood out for you today? Anything that was said that you thought fulfilled those criteria? Yeah, we had a debate about what types of capacity will provide storage to the grid. Will it be the large numbers of electric vehicles that will be entering the grid? Will they provide the services that grid-scale batteries might provide? Or will it be the traditional grid-scale providers? Uh, I think there was, there was an intense debate there. Um, I think there was another one around the role of the distribution network in, in the power system and the GB power system. Uh, should... Uh, should distribution networks have a monopoly both on the asset and the operation of the system or should the regulator seek to split up that responsibility? I think that was an area in which, uh, in which there was some provocation and in which there was a response and I think we're all my thinking was pushed forward because of that. Uh, I thought Sir Ed Davey was great uh, when he lamented some of the things he didn't do, but also, um, but also celebrated some of the things he succeeded. He was very positive about tidal lagoons, and I'm, I'm not sure that would be a view that would be shared across the room. You know, look, looking at the, 
economics going forward because lagoons last for 100 years, right? Uh, my officials didn't want them. Bizarrely, the only department that likes lagoons is the Treasury. Okay. This doesn't often happen in renewable policy, but the Treasury like lagoons because they can see they're actually going to be huge good value for money for society because they last 100 years. Um, he to also espoused the view in which if we knew then what we know now about battery storage and renewables costs, perhaps the nuclear program in this country um, wouldn't have received the government support that it has until now. There's no doubt that the storage uh, and flexibility poses a huge threat to the nuclear industry. Yeah. Uh, and certainly when I was in the hot seat, to have bet on storage would have been brave minister. Yeah. Now I think it's a slightly different question. Okay. If I was in the hot seat, I'd be wanting to have a, you know, commissioning evidence yeah. galore yeah. to work out whether or not um, we could uh, go down, m rely much more on, on, on storage and flexibility. Yeah. My instinct is that we can. Nukes are expensive. Take what would you like the delegates to be thinking when they go home this evening? What would you like them to take from today? Uh, I hope they take away... Uh, Aurora's views and the research that we produced around mitigating risks. But I think an overarching message for me is, yes, this is a complex space, but what I wouldn't want people to think is, this is too complex, this isn't for me. I think people who think very hard about the problems are going to be rewarded for that hard thinking. And I think that the problems that we're facing yield to detailed analysis and modelling. Uh, and I think that came across very clearly today. Uh, it's not so complicated that we should give up. We need to think very hard and spend the time doing the analysis. And I hope that was a message that was conveyed fairly clearly across all of the segments of the event today. John Federson there, Aurora Energy Research's CEO. Now, the first panel discussion of the day was entitled What is Next for Battery Storage? It featured expert speakers from Osborne Clark, Flexitricity and Fluence Energy. But we start with Steve Shine, OBE, Executive Chairman of Renewables Specialist, Inesco. I asked him if there was anything about the future of battery storage that caused him concern. Worry is always is an interesting uh, term. After you've been in business such a long time, you know you, you learn not to worry about everything. But um, the, it, it's about the urgency of where we need to get to. If we are going to meet really meet the clean growth strategy, then we need more renewables. And if we're going to have more renewables, we absolutely need more storage. And things haven't moved very fast since the subsidy was moved from solar. We've not seen anything but the one that Anesco built in terms of solar. We do see that there's going to be a change at the end of the year and the government looking at the capacity market and potentially uh, contract for difference. We will then see people wanting to build more renewables, but unless we put storage in, that won't work. And there isn't enough certainty yet about the value of storage. I'm okay, I understand it. There's a lot of our investors that don't understand it. It is a fantastic opportunity to balance the network. I totally believe that the tariffs have to be there if we've got to put that storage in. So in some ways I don't worry about it. What I do worry about is some of the confusing messages that come across from government based National Grid and others that really doesn't help the investor to really understand where they should be doing. Marek Kubik, I'm Market Director at Fluence Energy. Uh, Fluence is an energy storage technology and services company uh, leading globally with about 700 megawatts of, of projects deployed, operational or uh, awarded. Um, I think a comment was made earlier that six months or a year you have to revise your model. 
I don't think it's six, uh, six months or a year, it's monthly <laughs> or even weekly sometimes. Some mm. of the um, something you touched on was the pace of change. Could you enlarge a bit on that, please? Yeah, so on the panel, I talked a bit about the pace of change of the industry, and I reflect on this. I was here last year at the, uh, the previous Aurora event, and what we saw there um, was a lot of conversation about FFR saturation, and that happened. It didn't really happen over a year. It happened over a pace, uh, case of a few months, and, uh, and we saw basically the customers that we work with, therefore, adapting their models, their approach to market, to making investments and making projects move forward. And essentially, we were you know, working to support them with that and understanding, okay, what is coming next? What comes after FFR? How do we ensure that the core technology that we're bringing to the table and standing behind from a performance standpoint, it can do all those future things, many of which we, we don't know the full outcomes of yet and uh, appending things like the SNAPS review from, from National Grid. My name is Saskia Barker. I'm the service development engineer at Flextricity. We are GB's oldest aggregator and the largest. I think it's good to put in context that it's not just storage operators that are seeing the change from long-term contracts into a merchant model. And batteries just happen to have come into the market at a time when the ancillary services market in particular has been moving in this direction I already. think the, the future of battery storage it will be moving to a more merchant model rather than long-term contracts, but I think everyone kind of knows that. I think the bigger thing is moving out of the small dedicated markets and into bigger markets like the wholesale energy trading and the balancing mechanism because you're competing directly with the large generators who are currently providing services that batteries would be really good at providing and are getting large enough and stable enough to actually provide. Saskia Barker from Flexitricity there. Another theme up for discussion was how investors and energy companies can optimise their portfolios to minimise risk and protect their returns. Felix Chow-Cambich is Aurora's head of flexibility and battery storage and he delivered a keynote speech on the subject. So today I've been talking about understanding the uncertainty in, in investing in energy, flexible energy assets. Um, particularly in batteries, but also to some extent gas peaking engines. And it's understanding uncertainty and understanding how you can manage that uncertainty in the returns of this asset class. One interesting thing that we've discovered in, in our analysis is that batteries and gas engines provide a natural hedge towards a lot of the uncertainty drivers that are out there. So for instance, the gas price is a large driver in the returns for batteries as well as gas peaking engines but they are, they, the effect is in opposite directions. So a low gas price is a negative impact on, uh, on battery storage investment returns, but a low gas price is a positive impact on gas peaking engine returns. So by pairing those two technology classes together, gas engines and batteries, you can actually lower your overall risk exposure to commodity prices, lower your risk exposure to weather differences in weather, differences in renewable outputs, and, and other sort of, uh, uncertainties that happen in this market. So lowering the risk would, in theory, help investors get a bit more confidence into investing in this asset class. If you can combine flexible energy assets, batteries and gas engines, with a solar farm or, or a wind, wind farm, you can allow investors to have more confidence in their investments and hopefully that will enable more assets to be deployed in, in this market. 
Felix Chaukamich there, Aurora's head of flexibility and battery storage. Finally then, we come to the three Ds. Decarbonised, decentralised and digitalised. This is the future for energy, so how is market design going to help us get there? That was essentially the premise of the final panel of the day. Richard Howard is Aurora's research director and he led the discussion. So the market has shifted massively in the way that it operates and the question for my panel was really about how the rules and regulations and policies which define those markets um, actually are changing. Um, So we heard from um, Ofgem, the the regulator of the gas and electricity markets, um, on some of the work that they've been doing to to push things forward. But the key question is, what more needs to be done in the next 10 or 20 years as as these trends continue? So then, what does need to happen in the next 10 to 20 years? One of the things we see will happen, as we have more intermittent renewables on the system, wind and solar for example, um, having that instead of say gas generation will mean um, because those renewables generate um, intermittently, variably, we actually need to have far more flexible power on the system and there'll be a lot more balancing that needs to take place between demand and supply. So when the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining unexpectedly, you need something else to to come on and take its place. And that happens through the balancing markets and other markets um, in terms of ancillary services. We think those will actually double in size overall in value terms from now um, until 2030. That will grow from one billion pounds per year to two billion pounds a year. This actually opens up a huge opportunity for flexible technologies. So things like battery storage, and small gas engines and demand-side response to, to play in those markets and make money. And, and we see um, a lot of innovative companies creating new business models around that to tap into these new markets. Um, Mark Futian from Centrica was talking about something that they're doing that uh, seemed to particularly pique your interest. What Centrica are doing in their local energy markets uh, project is, is literally to create a new local energy market, a platform where small-scale battery storage, distributed generation and, and demand side um, can all come together in a new platform that didn't exist in the past. And that platform enables them to bid into different markets, whether that's the balancing market, whether they're providing grid services to the local network company. And that is literally giving a, a route to market that didn't exist in the past. So it's actually a, a huge innovation in this space and, and maybe a, a sign to what might happen more in the future. I'm Mark Futian, I'm Distributed Power Systems Director at Centrica, and I'm responsible for our grid-scale storage and also innovation, um, looking at an innovation project at the local energy market development in Dan and Cornwall. I think there's a huge amount of interest, and, and that's because it's perhaps one of the, the last uncharted territories. We've, we've got established markets for, for frequency control, for reserve, for balancing, but local flex, well, that, that's not really there. The, the DNOs have the traditional model of investing in uh, pipes and wires and earning a return over those for a long period of time. And if we can unlock a mechanism by which that, uh, the, the value of flexibility could be used to offset that, so a, a different way of meeting those flex needs, then uh, hopefully that'll be a great achievement. I think this is something that could develop in stages. So first of all, it could be simply about providing services to the, the grid company. Um, but beyond that, what you might, to see, it might start to see is, is a proper peer-to-peer market emerge here with many buyers and many sellers. And this can be anything from local matching of, of demand and supply to providing services into the national balancing or wholesale power market. 
So, but what it is about is harnessing the power of all of these different flexible distributed assets in the most intelligent way, using data, using technology. Um, but yeah, so it's an exciting development. Richard Howard there, Aurora's research director. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And if you want any more information about the Battery Storage and Flexibility Conference, or indeed just want to keep up to date with Aurora's work, remember to check out the website auroraer.com and keep an eye on our various social media feeds. For now, though, it's goodbye.